It might be over for Tony Pollard, but it's not over for us. We are going to recap the Week 10 slate across our DraftKings DFS lineups, our underdog drafts, pickums, and we will review our Best Ball Mania 4 portfolio as well. It's the Portfolio Review Show. I'm Pete Overzet. Let's do it. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic shockitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. I got auto match with Levitan. Bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Illuminati make a bitch go crazy. I don't know which one of these my baby. Bust out AP. Cross my bullets in your head like KD. Bust it, bust it. Bitch go bust it. And I had 10 pints with me in Russia. Hey, everyone. Man, this <laughs> these are the messages that make me feel like we're in this all together. Brady Sanders said, GM, GM, I want to quit DFS. Um, yeah, I, I certainly know uh, that feeling after yesterday. How are we doing in the chat here? Miles is out here tilting his uh, Will Levis nuke chig stack. I was thinking about a lot of you guys uh, yesterday because we did the cram show. We do that every Sunday morning. And it seemed like a lot of you guys were rolling out Will Levis uh, double stacks. I didn't even think it was uh, bad per se. I was just more um, impressed with how many people uh, were interested in that. That game, you know, ended up being one of the bigger duds on the slate. Other than Rashad White, who, geez, continues to crush over here. GM to uh, Ashton. AJ in Carolina, shout out AJ. AJ had a a big hit uh, yesterday. I don't know what contest those were in, but uh, AJ had a $5,000 score and another $500 first place uh, with a really nice uh, Jared Goff, Amon Rock, Keenan Allen team. So congratulations to AJ. Brandon wants to build a Monday Night Football pick'em in here. Stream pick'ems are keeping me alive. Yeah, that was the silver lining on this slate. Ended up building three pick'ems on stream. So we've been doing them on off and on the clock, Nez and I built two of them uh, on Friday show. And then I build one on the cram. So if you guys are YouTube members, hand builders, and opto bros, we do that show 1045 a.m. on Sunday. At the end, we always crowdsource a pick'em. I get a few ideas from you guys. I get a few of my favorite leans. We mash them up. In two of the three 20x pick'ems, uh, nearly or Two of the three did hit, and the other almost hit. We can just start there, right? Should we just start with a uh, you know a positive start to the show before we you know talk about all of our dusty lineups and all of that stuff? Um, but yeah, Pickums totally saved my day yesterday. Um, this was one we built on off and on the clock. Um, we wanted to do a correlated game stack. Um, we had Tyler Lockett higher than 57 and a half receiving yards, Geno Smith higher than 262 and a half passing yards, Logan Thomas higher than three and a half receptions, JSN higher than 39 and a half receiving yards, and Sam Howell 260.5 passing yards. And what honestly is is cool about this result here, um, so you can see the entire thing, is you think about I was thinking about this dynamic where in DFS, like I was in on this Geno game, and we'll review that lineup that I had um, on DraftKings in a second. And I narrowly missed a min cash with a lot of the same players that are in this pick entry. Because in DFS, to win a tournament, you need to be what? In the 0.01% upper outcome. And so even though you're right, like, hey, this is going to be a good game, 
you don't get paid off unless you're perfect. So I am really starting to enjoy building these correlated pickums here because it's like you can be right that this game is going to have a lot of passing and a lot of yards to go around, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the best game on the slate. You don't have to worry about beating the Cowboys stacks and the Lions and the Chargers stacks um, in a pick'em here. So this one was really nice. I definitely want to build some more correlated pick'ems here. And then the other one that narrowly missed, where is it here? This is the one that's such tilt. So this is the other one that Nez Numi and I built here. Christian Kirk, 54 and a half receiving yards. Joe Mixon scoring a touchdown. Austin Eckler higher than 12.75 fantasy points. CMC higher than 16.25. And now for the sad trombone, Tony Pollard higher than 0.5 rush or receiving TD. No Tony Pollard TD. CeeDee Lamb gets a rushing TD. Rico Dowdle gets a rushing TD. Michael Gallup scores a touchdown. Brandon Cook scores a touchdown. Jake Ferguson scores a touchdown. Everyone fucking scored a touchdown except Tony Pollard. So one Tony Pollard uh, goal line carry away from this being another 20X here. I was uh, I was messaging with Dez uh, yesterday as this was happening. I'm just like, are we really going to be one Tony Pollard short of shipping two 20x pickums. So uh that was extremely tilting. Um, but then the pick'em entry we built on the cram also hit. So this was Joshua Dobbs higher than 29 and a half rushing yards. I don't remember which of you in the chat suggested this one. Whoever did, kudos, awesome pick. Uh, and then I went back to the Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk. Well, I loved both of these guys being correlated with their higher fantasy points. Brock over 16.75, Brandon Ayuk uh, over 10.95. Um, so that gets there. And then Christian Kirk is a little bring back in that game, higher than 54 and a half receiving yards. The fumble doesn't kill us in this one. The, the overall fantasy points don't matter in this one. So he clears that with ease. And then this was the one we were very perplexed by when we were looking at it in the lobby and it was Tyler Lockett versus DK Metcalf rival, but they were spotting Tyler Lockett eight and a half yards. And we're all like, what's, what's going on here. You looked at ETR projections um, this week. They had Tyler Lockett projected for more fantasy points than DK Metcalf. And so we were going to hop on that one there, take the eight and a half point cushion, but boy, did we have to sweat it because Early on, uh, it seemed like it was close. DK Metcalf was um, had a little bit of a lead. Then in the fourth quarter, there was that Tyler Lockett drive that ended with the touchdown. And uh, it seemed like we were, or sorry, this was before the touchdown. There was one drive where DK Metcalf then eclipsed him. And it was like, oh no, are we going to really lose this? Um, it went back and forth. DK Metcalf had a late charge at the end. And we're all trying to check the scores here. Was he going to eclipse Tyler Lockett? No. Tyler Lockett holds on here 100.5 uh, to 98. So we get another 20X here. Um, so yeah, these, these two scores saved my day. I also had another little one here. This was from Stealing Lines. Uh, if you guys know my buddy uh, Ben Gretsch and Dalton Cates, they have uh, a betting and uh, and pick them operation over there. And they put out this as their pick them of the day. So I tailed them on that. Aiden O'Connell lower than 205 passing yards. And then this Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk that I used part of my core too. So man, it's, it's so weird. I would think it's, it's supposed to be the opposite, right? Where it's like, Oh, the pickums are where you kind of just dabble. Um, and it's your fantasy. That's where your edge is. That's what, you know, buoys you, uh, you know, when you're not having a good day of the pickum streets. And yesterday it was the complete opposite for me because my teams did not fare as well. So that's the, uh, the pickum roundup there. And I saw someone in the chat 
uh, mentioning making a Monday night football one. I will make one for Monday night football. I'll share that in the hand builder and opto bros discord. I've been using, um, a couple different resources to build those run. The Sims has an underdog, um, uh, prop tool that I've been enjoying. That's fun to use. So if you guys want to become YouTube members, you will unlock the hand builder and opto bros channel in the deposit kingdom discord. I also post information for the showdown uh slates in there as well share the top leverage plays the gpp plays and the optimal lineups um very helpful for hand building lineups and i'll of course share a monday night football pick them in there but let's circle back to dfs and then we'll make a roundabout way back to our underdog teams as i mentioned um actually let me uh get off and reshare my screen here uh da, 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 da. Let's see here. Can I get all my stuff situated? So I, I remember when I when I did the cram yesterday morning and I asked, I pulled everyone like what quarterbacks were you guys going to be using? And I was pretty surprised that no one mentioned Gino. Like literally there were 50 votes for what your guys' favorite quarterback play was from the uh from the cram, and no one wanted to play Gino. I was like, you know what? I'm still in on this Gino um stack here. When we looked at the ownership projections on ETR, they had Geno Smith at 17%, I believe it was. And I was like, I'm, I'm calling bullshit on this. Like, there's no way Geno is coming in at 17% if no one in here wants to play him. And my hypothesis was that him and Sam Howell were going to flip. There were multiple things going on on the Friday show. JM was like, ah, I don't know about Geno. I'm more like the Sam Howell side. I know Dink on Established the Million said he thought Geno Smith was bad chalk. And so I think there was enough kind of negative sentiment surrounding Geno that I felt confident getting to him here sub 10%. That's exactly what happens at 8.8%. I'll recap the rest of this lineup. It was a Geno Smith uh, double stack premium to Tyler Lockett, who comes in at 7.4%. DK Metcalf, who comes in at 12.4%. Another weird quirk because ETR had Tyler Lockett projected for more ownership than DK Metcalf, and then these were essentially flipped. I did bring it back with Logan Thomas there at the tight end spot, 5.1%. Uh, I did the Bijan thing uh, at 25.9%. I did capitulate on the Najee stuff. Nez is in my ear about Najee. Leone flag plants Najee. I built this lineup, and I had 5,100 left, I think, and I was like, screw it. Uh, we'll put Najee in here. Uh, we talked about Najee versus Jalen Warren on the cram. I know a lot of you guys were on Warren. That obviously worked out as well. And then I got in a secondary mini correlation here that I liked. As you guys could see from my pick'em entries, lots of Brandon Ayuk and Christian Kirk. Brandon Ayuk at 5.1%, Kirk at 7.2%. Uh, I liked that. And then Buccaneers defense at 2.1%. So ultimately... I like uh, how this lineup shook out. You know, this is kind of how I want to be building, you know, uh, a slightly off the beaten path, you know, double stack with a bring back. We eat a little bit of chalk at running back, but trying to get in some of the better points per dollar values. Um, then getting in another mini correlation here from my second favorite game uh, on the slate, this uh, Niners and Jags. And then Buccaneers defense with everyone paying up for either the Cowboys or going down to the Cardinals and Bengals. I thought Buccaneers here in this 3,500 range um, would be pretty good. And what's crazy again, like I look at this lineup and I'm like, you know, it's a fine lineup, but so many games went off yesterday and I made pretty big stands. I was fading that Bengals Texans game. Um, I faded obviously the Cowboys game 
faded that Lions Chargers game, and there were some massive scores there. So even though this lineup, uh, I think, was fine, um, it did not have a chance yesterday with so many other spots going off. And you'll notice here, this is the uh, the big spy, 400K spy, 100K to first, uh, 4,444 entries, positions paid, 895. I finish in 900th place. So we narrowly miss Min Cash Pete. If I do the math here up to Splendid, 158.28, uh, I missed Min Cashing by 0.12. So 0.13 is what I needed for a Min Cash. Um, that Christian Kirk fumble, uh, yeah, stealing min cash money. Um, pretty gross when you actually think about that swing. 0.12, $150 swing there. Um, not ideal whatsoever. Um, we got to give a huge shout out to Short Gamer TV. So Short Gamer TV is uh, a hand builder and Optobro, one of the YouTube members. More of a lurker. I don't see Short Gamer uh, too chatty in our Discord but Short Gamer had a massive day yesterday. This lineup, they took down the $555 millionaire maker uh, for a million dollars. They took down this 400K spy for 100,000. Just a massive day by Short Gamer TV. I'll read off this lineup. It was a Dak Prescott uh, double stack to CeeDee Lamb and Jake Ferguson, super sharp there. Um, playing two Texans, uh, Devin Singletary, uh, and Noah Brown, as well as the Texans defense. Um, I love how sharp that block is. It's basically a correlated leveraged um, block against all of that Bengals chalk. Then plays um, Amon Ross St. Brown as a one-off, Rashad White as a one-off, and TJ Hawkinson as a one-off. I mean, just so many sharp angles here, not getting scared off of Hawkinson after that bullshit Ed Werder report before the game that he was going to be on a snap count. Uh, I did kind of sniff that one out. I remember Paul asking me on the cram about Addison versus Hawkinson and how I wasn't really buying that Hawkinson would be limited in a way that actually impacted his fantasy prospects, but it didn't mean that I personally got on to Hawkinson. Um, but yeah, shout out to Short Gamer TV. Uh, just uh, an insane, insane day there. I just noticed here, does Nino Brown? Yes, Nino Brown had in Brown in his lineup. That feels very poetic. Um, let's see here. Uh, I got so excited that I did my usual thing where I forgot to pour coffee and feed the ducks. So let's do a little housekeeping here. 15 minutes into the show. Let's get the ducks going. Here's my ducks and let's pour some coffee. Mm. All right, let's now head over and da, da, da. I need to share window instead of Chrome tab. Here we go. All right, so now let's head over to my other lineup and then we will check out the Deposit Kingdom tournament as well. So I had these two main lineups yesterday. The... Uh, the Geno lineup. And then I also really liked this Niners-Jags game. You know, on the Friday show with Block Party, uh, we built a similar lineup or that we started with, uh, with JM. He was very much in on the Brock Purdy and CMC stuff. So I did a Brock Purdy 
JSN, and then I did a double bring back in this game. So my thought was this is a smaller tournament here, 2,222 entries in the 200K Spy. So I really wanted to say, what if this is the game this week? And I'm going to load up on a couple of the pieces. Um, one thing that blew my mind here, and I'll read the full lineup. I did the double bring back on Purdy CMC IU with both Christian Kirk and Ingram. And I thought Ingram was going to be very chalky. Um, and so I thought, you know, with Kirk and just this overall block will be relatively unique. But I thought Ingram was a really good play. I think I would have had like 100% Evan Ingram yesterday if I would have known he was only going to be 6.9%. Obviously, in hindsight, that looks uh, appropriately rostered considering he only had uh, four receptions for 12 yards. Um, but yeah, I thought he was going to be the mega chalk for the Jags there and only 6.9%. But this entire lineup, Brock Purdy at 10.4%, CMC at almost 26%, Ayuk at 5.6%, Kirk 7.7%, Ingram 6.9%. And then I basically flipped how I did in that other game where I had a Seahawks Commanders game stack with some Niners Jags pieces. Here I had the Niners Jags game stack with a couple Seattle pieces. So I did Kenneth Walker at 6.5%. I did uh, him with JSN at 13.9%. And then Curtis Samuel at 1.6%. Cardinals defense, who I knew were going to be fairly, fairly popular at 16.8%. Um, I had said on the cram yesterday, my, my gold star locks was I wanted one of either DK Metcalf or Kenneth Walker in each of my lineups. That was with the assumption that DK Metcalf was going to be less popular than Tyler Lockett, which didn't end up being the case. So if I knew the ownership percentages before, I would have said one of Tyler Lockett or Kenneth Walker in either. Um, I think Kenneth Walker ended up being fine at 6.5%, scores 19.7 points. That um, check down uh, screen he took to the house, salvaged his day there and then it was basically getting cheap access to this game with jsn and curtis samuel who i didn't have in my other lineup where i was going more of the premium pieces i really liked this um setup for the commanders over the middle so curtis samuel and logan thomas uh ended up being a weird day where sam howell went nuts and yet the wide receivers did nothing. It was Brian Robinson had the screen pass, you know, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. Um, none of the wide receivers had good days despite Sam Howell having a monster day. So just kind of a weird quirk there. Um, yeah, not too much to write home about this lineup. Another one that was, um, this one was fairly off the cash line here. Just too many snowflakes. The Curtis Samuel, Evan Ingram, just not going to get it done on a day where the Cowboys stacks and the Chargers stacks go nuclear uh this tournament was taken down by eyeball chambers with a fun uh jared goff jameer gibbs amon ross st brown with the keenan allen bring back plays rashad white there trent Irwin uh immediately scores a touchdown yesterday and i was like man this is gonna be a rough day if the stone men 3k chalk wide receiver is already scoring a touchdown he ended up uh, chilling out only 13.4 points. Trey McBride ended up being awesome chalk at tight end, 24.1%. And then playing the Noah Brown here at 20%, 27.2 points. Noah Brown is apparently our generation's AJ Brown continues to beast. And then I do like this correlation, had the Buccaneers defense correlated with Rashad White. Hmm. Um, uh, that this is a interesting anecdote here about short gamer TV only had one entry in that five, five, five. So, 
uh, Short Gamer had that one sick lineup, dropped it in the spy, dropped it in the milli, you know, just become a millionaire. Easy game. Um, all right, let's check out the Deposit Kingdom Weekly League. We kept this rolling with 420 entries, completely rake-free, so all $4,200 uh, prizes are paid out. Um, I post this in the Deposit Kingdom Discord uh, normally on Tuesdays, and uh, yeah, it's exclusive in the Deposit Kingdom Discord. I post it in the announcement section, so if you guys aren't in there, if you do want to compete in this tournament where I'll review the winning lineups on Monday mornings, hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord and look for that link on Tuesday. Shout out to uh, Eris Arrow here. I think this is my guy, AJ in Carolina, where I was talking about, yes, this is the team uh, that AJ had that took down the Deposit Kingdom tournament here. The Jared Goff, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, Keenan Allen bring back. Bijan and Joe Mixon at running back. Noah Brown, so a Noah Brown, Joe Mixon mini correlation there. A one-off Logan Thomas and a one-off Brandon Cooks. Jags defense at 2.4%. Get one point from your defense and does not matter when you have this team going off. I mean, the Goff, Amon, Rock, Keenan bring back was the absolute nuts there. Keenan just exploding for 43.5 points. Um, I definitely got caught up in, um, you know, the narrative, hey, Keenan Allen's ceiling isn't quite there when Austin Eckler is playing. You know, Detroit has been slightly better against the pass than the run. And then you look at this price tag at 8,800 and I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. Um, but man, it is uh, when, when Keenan drops uh, 175 yards and two receiving TDs, it does not matter what the price is there. So uh, kudos to our guy, AJ in Carolina, for shipping this contest with a really nice lineup. And again, you know, I I would say actually got, you know, sometimes we look at these really correlated lineups and you're like, they only got two to three things right. Kind of got a lot of individual things right here. If you think about the, the Goff, Keenan, Amon Ra, we can say that's getting one thing right. You know, the high-end pieces in a good game environment. But then a Noah Brown, Joe Mixon, you know, getting Noah Brown here right for 27.2 points, that's impressive. Brandon Cooks as a one-off at 4,200 is very, very impressive. I think I would have maybe found my way to Brandon Cooks if I were rolling out a couple uh, Dak Prescott double stacks. Maybe you onslaught it with a triple stack. I don't know if I'm ever getting there as a one-off Brandon Cooks, but this is how you should do one-off pieces, right? Because if you're eating the one-off, you want them to not be popular. Like you don't want to have Trenton Irwin most likely in a lineup like this, but Brandon Cooks at 0.5% where you say, hey, the Cowboys have this massive team total. Um, what if I can capture a ton of the points that is completely off everyone's radar here, which is what Arrow does with Brandon Cooks, 35.3 points there. Pretty sick play as a one-off piece. In second place, we had Head of Temple, who also had a Lions Lions Charger stack. Goff, David Montgomery, Amon Ra with the Keenan Bringback. Also had Noah Brown, but uh, this lineup had Trey McBride, Rashad White, JSN here, and the Jaguars D. So again, you kind of see the pivot right here. Um, This ends up being the difference. This is actually pretty illustrative of what I was just saying. In their flex, JSN at 4,100, but 26% as an uncorrelated one-off. And then you look at arrows here, 4,200 Brandon Cook. So just a $100 price pivot, cheap wide receiver, but coming in at 0.5%. Um, uh, I think that 
uh, kind of shows the the power too of having that piece that no one else in this contest has uh, at 0.5%. I think what does that mean? Maybe one or two other people out of 420 had Brandon Cooks there. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, shout out to Head of Temple for another good lineup. Um, Shark up here. This is our first Joe Burrow team we've seen. Uh, Joe Burrow really kind of got there in garbage time. Looked like things were going to be in check, but uh, ended up being able to compile a ton of yards. Shark here ran out a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. Um, skinny stack here with the Bengals defense and no Texans bring back. Played Rashad White and Najee Harris at running back. Oh, sorry, no, Noah Brown is the bring back. Yeah, Noah Brown at 3,700 is the bring back. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 2.6% goes off for 33.4 points. And then also JSN in the flex. So uh, all of us in the Deposit Kingdom were uh, giddily uh, running to the podium to click JSN yesterday. Uh, rightfully so. I thought it was a good, good price, good matchup for him. Seemed like he started the game pretty hot. Um, and then it was all the DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett showed down the stretch. Hmm. Waylon, uh, the Jahan Dotson bagel, no fun. Uh, yesterday, uh, Joseph says, don't let JM talk you off of Keenan. JM did not talk me off of Keenan. Uh, I, I also had zero interest in Keenan at that $8,800 price tag. Um, if I was playing a high price wide receiver, uh, outside of the game, I probably would have landed on Chase. Um, I knew his ownership was going to be in check uh, because of all the ambiguity with him leading up. But Jamar Chase's splits without T. Higgins have just been absurd. And if Jamar Chase was healthy the entire week with no T. Higgins, he would have been 35, 40% in all of these tournaments. So getting Jamar Chase at sub 20% here. Um, is is pretty nice there um let's check out a couple other lineups here was this my guy yoshi yeah uh yoshi got seventh in the deposit kingdom with a lot of chalk uh you don't have to be embarrassed you don't have to be embarrassed here but no plays over sub 10 percent uh jared goff to a monroe st brown uh no bring back here so just a skinny stack pay up for cmc get Najee. um then run a tyler boyd noah brown mini oh no tyler boyd and then noah brown dalton schultz mini that's interesting i feel like if i would have had noah brown and dalton schultz and i was only playing amon ross st brown i would have gotten to cj stroud um just for that double stack there um but go the double tight end trey mcbride and then pay up for cowboys defense um they're at 4400 they get eight points um it is interesting to see the double tight end like if you were running optos yesterday Double tight ends were popping a ton because you basically had three extreme values in the in the mid-range, Trey McBride, Dalton Schultz, and Evan Ingram. And then some other really intriguing plays as well with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, even George Kittle goes off in that game. So the double tight end stuff was extremely viable yesterday. If we kind of tab through some of these, you mostly see um, Trey McBride and uh, in Dalton Schultz, although here's a Chigakonkwo team that finished in fifth. I thought Chigakonkwo was a nice play in this game, but he only goes for 5.7 and so many other tight ends separate. Raymond got 27th and is lamenting the Austin Eckler play. I mean, Austin Eckler at 10.7%, very nice. It's just 
he gets totally eclipsed by Keenan Allen. Um, I like this stack. This was, if I had built more lineups, um, I would have definitely ended up with this same Jared Goff, Amon Ross, Sam Laporta stack. Um, probably would have brought it back with Eckler as well. So I do like that block. You then play Najee, Christian Kirk, uh, Trent Irwin to save money and do go the double tight end route there with Trey McBride at 21.9%. Steelers defense, uh, I thought that was a good payup defense as well at home versus a very bad Green Bay Packers team. So solid lineup here though. Nonetheless, 169.62 points for Raymond. Hmm. Yeah, Yoshay and uh, Stroud was just a bit too pricey, uh, but I was a donk for playing up for defense. That was a tough one. And I was listening to uh, the Gill cast last night. Obviously, they were talking about the Cowboys defense from a cash game perspective, which is certainly different. Um, but the combo, I, I do think like the Sims have opened my eyes to the viability of playing chalk defenses. It ultimately comes down to the overall construction of your lineup. Which uniqueness levers are you pulling? There are lineups where the chalk defense can absolutely make sense. But I think it was the double whammy of one of the most expensive defenses you'll see on a slate at 4,400 and being uber popular. Like once you get both of those docks, it starts to get a little dicey where I can certainly understand it. If it's like you have a $2,400 defense going against, you know, a third string quarterback, um, you're saving money and it's a nut matchup, but man, the, the double whammy of paying up and shock, I didn't consider Cowboys defense. I think the only way I would have gotten on Cowboys defense was with a Cowboys onslaught where you are playing Dak Pollard, CD Ferguson and like Cowboys defense and just saying, Hey, what if they score 50? Um, the defense is probably having a score as well. It's essentially what almost happened yesterday. They score 49, but the defense uh, really didn't get any uh, uh, generate too many points outside of a couple of sacks there. Kyle is Calvin Ridley dust. We, we talked about Calvin Ridley on the cram and I know some people were floating him and I, uh, I was just pulling up, like looking at the projection, the price difference in the ownership between him and Christian Kirk. And it just didn't make sense to me. Christian Kirk has been the better player this year. He's more consistent. ETR projected him for a higher ceiling, a higher floor, a higher median projection. And he was projected to come in for less ownership. I, uh, as much as I uh, am on team Christian Kirk over Calvin Ridley from a season long standpoint, I'm willing to look at these things objectively on a weekly basis. If it was flipped, if Christian Kirk was overwhelmingly popular and Calvin Ridley was going to be sub 2% because everyone was off him, I would have been like, hey, I kind of like this spot for the Jags passing game. Let's go back to Calvin Ridley. But it made zero sense to me that Calvin Ridley was going to be more popular just because of what? Was it $400, $300 salary difference? That difference was not meaningful enough for me to play the worst player this year, which Calvin Ridley is objectively um, a worse player than Christian Kirk at this point in their careers. And the other thing I will say, this Jags offense, like structurally, it frustrates me because it is such a vanilla offense. If you allow me to put my film grinder hat on a little bit, they have so much talent and yet they do not do anything to get these guys in explosive situations. Like you look at what the San Francisco team does where they're generating those splash plays, those over the middle targets for Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, where they can cook after the catch. Like that doesn't exist in this Jags offense. It's constantly throwing it to the outside, these little quick hitters underneath to Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley running outs to the sideline, 
this offense isn't constructed in a way to build uh, or to generate big plays. So unless one of these guys is getting just absolutely fed with volume, it's really hard for them to hit ceiling outcomes. So I think there's a couple things going on. Calvin Ridley was obviously overrated headed into the season. Christian Kirk was underrated, but I think there's bigger structural concerns with this Jags offense in a way that gives me significant pause in loading up on them going forward. To me, they are that team where you pick your one-offs, right? You grab your Christian Kirk here, you grab your Travis Etienne here, you hope that they consolidate the touches in, an, in a given game environment. But this is just like not a team that you can stack up right now. They're not explosive enough um, as a unit. All of the individual players are really talented, um, but there's something about this offense that is completely underwhelming relative to what its ceiling should be. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's see here. Uh, that is our uh, DraftKings tournament. Like I said, hop in the Deposit Kingdom Discord if you guys want to compete in the Week 11 edition. Congratulations to everyone who won. Let's head over to Underdog here where uh, I definitely ramped up my volume this week. I, you know, I had my really good week last week, the fourth and seventh place finishes in the Battle Royale. And I said, all right, uh, last week I had 50 entries in Battle Royale. Let me up, up, up my game here. I got up to 120 entries. Continued to go after the Dog Bowl underdog running that promo where for if you do 10 entries for every 20, uh, sorry, for every 10 entries, any that finish in the top 2,000, you get your money back. Um, so I've been attacking that pretty heavily. I had 30 entries there. And then Goal Line Stand was the 12-person contest, $9 entry, but it was rake-free this week, um, which when we look at some of the results here, you'll see how important rake-free tournaments are to realizing your ROI. Um, I actually made a little bit of money in the Goal Line Stand despite not having any teams even in the top 50. You know, my top team was in 85th place, but nine entries here, uh, or sorry, $9 entry, 21 entries. I returned $218 and I wasn't even like dialed in on my exposures. I was massively underweight Hawkinson, massively underweight Gibbs, massively underweight Dak uh, stuff. But because if you're really choosy with the contest you play and when underdog rolls out these promos, um, they've been doing a rake free contest each week. This week it was goal line stand. I do think you got to give some attention to that. So shout out, uh, to the goal line stand here, the dog bowl. Um, I whiffed on, but man, I was so heavy on Sam Howell and Geno Smith that I ended up getting almost half of my entries into the top 20,000. So I will be getting, I believe it's 14. I'll be getting my money back on 14 of these entries. So 14 out of 30, I will definitely take that. And uh, and we'll review a couple of these lineups here, but then we can bounce back to Battle Royale. Like I said, a lot of the type of plays that I was targeting, um, you know, similar to two weeks ago when I had the CJ Stroud double stack with Tank Dell and Dalton Schultz, um, those guys weren't getting drafted in a lot of contests. And so my strategy is going heavy on what are some of these stacks that aren't getting drafted? So I did have lots of Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram. I had tons of Geno Smith, uh, Tyler Lockett, and uh, JSN. Late in the week, I ended up getting on a lot of Kyler double stacks, Trey McBride and Marquise Brown. It's a really 
interesting thing where you can go look at the ownership projections on DraftKings, right? And Trey McBride and Marquise Brown are mega chalk, like two of the most popular players. And then you go look at the Battle Royale ADPs and they're barely getting drafted in these. And so those are the spots I think you want to look for. But this was not the week for my type of strategy to pay off because it was all the guys in the mid-range, the guys that I thought were slightly overvalued, Hawkinson relative to where these other guys are going, Jameer Gibbs with David Montgomery back, um, Dak as the mid-range quarterback when I was going punt quarterback with Sam Howell, Geno Smith, Kyler, etc. So for my macro strategy, it was not a good week. I, I did get dusted here, 120 entries. I only returned $120. My best team finishes in 2,440th place. Um, we can check out this lineup from D-Will here. And it's like, other than uh, Kenneth Walker, uh, and I was taking CD Lamb, you know, third, fourth overall. But other than these two, I was underweight every one of these plays. Um, and it's a Dak to CD Lamb stack. Um, also has a Jameer Gibbs, Keenan Allen mini correlation. And then one off Kenneth Walker, TJ Hawkinson. So this was not a scroll the F down week. These were all players who were getting drafted um, in 100% of contests. I guess maybe Kenneth Walker's. Uh, exposure was maybe just south of 100%. There were some drafts I saw him go undrafted, so maybe he was more 90%. But this was a week where you just needed the right combinations. You needed the right plays, but there were no leverage angles available from a scroll the, down, scroll the F down perspective. The other big differentiator here, and if you look at the top of the leaderboard, you do see a decent amount of CD Lamb and Keenan Allen teams. CD Lamb goes at pick three here. Keenan falls to pick 10. And I believe Keenan's ADP, someone correct me, yes, yeah, 6.4 here. So got the Keenan slide. That was a necessary combo to hit. You had to have gotten the Keenan slide, which it's not an absurd slide. It happened multiple times. I think I even had one CD in Keenan team, but you did need to get that pairing and then had to stack it up with Dak at pick 15. You come and grab, uh, let's see, TJ Hawkinson at pick 22. You grab Jameer Gibbs at pick 27. And then you wrap it up with Kenneth Walker at pick 34. So congratulations to D-Will here for taking this down. 176.66 points, $25,000. If we look at some of these other top teams, very similar. Uh, shared basically every play except had a 1v1 Kenneth Walker off of Chris Olave. And so you see how tight the margins are at the top. Uh, Kenneth Walker scores 19.2 points and Chris Olave scores 18.4. So just a basically a point of Chris Olave chasing down Kenneth Walker to get Mum into uh, first place there. Hmm. Robert says, feels like a GM GM week. You needed the Hawkinson faller drafts. It would... Hawkinson was falling a ton. Um, people were very spooked by the Q tag. I, I didn't see any, um, it was not difficult to get Hawkinson. As Copper was saying, the combo you needed was you needed Keenan to fall. That was the uh, that was the big faller you needed um, because Hawkinson was kind of just sitting there all week um, with that Q tag. I think without the tag, he would have been increasingly popular and a little harder to get, but he was sliding in a bunch of my drafts, but I was just not waving him because uh, that's the kind of play when I'm looking at it's it's that second tier basically right so the things I'm thinking about are you know you have the elite guys at the top who can drop 30 35 points 
but then you're looking at that second tier, specifically at the onesie positions, right? Six quarterbacks are drafted, six tight ends are drafted, sometimes more if people go double tight end, but whatever. Um, and you look at the difference in projection between the QB3, so someone like Dak, and the QB7 or 8, someone like Geno or Sam Howell. And the projection gap is not that big, and yet Dak Prescott's going to be drafted in 100% of contests, and Geno Smith and Sam Howell are going to be drafted in sub-20%. And so if you think about this through a DFS lens, and I showed you those projections, and I said, Dak is going to be 100% rostered, and Geno Smith is going to be 20% rostered, you would play Geno Smith every single time. You'd say, 100% of the field is playing Dak Prescott? I'm not playing him. Why? The projection gap isn't that big. So that's how I approach the Battle Royale slates. Now the weeks win Dak Prescott, win TJ Hawkinson, that same thing. When that dynamic unfolds, it's just GG. You're going to lose. And these guys are having to play 5v5s versus all of their best friends at the top of the leaderboard. So um, it's a classic DFS conundrum, like writ large, because there are so many entries with the same cohort of players. So uh, I'm perfectly content losing on a week like this. I'm I'm going to be more upset at myself on the weeks where I didn't have Deontay Foreman. You know, when Deontay Foreman goes for 30 points as a scroll the F down play at running back, that's when I'm mad at myself because I'm like, I should have been sprinkling in Deontay Foreman. I don't worry about weeks where the QB3 and the tight end three are the highest scores on the slate. As Robert says, we can count our Skolansky bucks together. Uh, shout out to Tyler. He says, I'm late, but you cowards better like and sub to boost this anchor of a show in the YouTube algos. Appreciate Tyler, as always, my shadow producer, helping remind me to uh, ask for likes and subscribes. Uh, sometimes I take for granted that there are new people around here that don't know what we do. This is the portfolio review show every Monday morning. For better or worse, we recap our DFS lineups on DraftKings, our underdog drafts, our pick'em entries, and then in a few minutes, we will review our Best Ball Mania portfolio as well. Uh, on Tuesdays, I do the club with Clay and Andy. We generally do kind of a first look underdog show, so I assume tomorrow afternoon we'll start looking at this Week 11 slate. We also tend to talk a little bit of hoops on that show. Um, Wednesdays, I have the Swolecast. That's on the Swolecast channel. Thursdays, we do the Shipcast on the Ship Chasing channel. And on Fridays, or Thursdays, we also have Lulz, a show I do with Brian Hooper, where we interview top DFS players. And then Friday, I do the JM show, the Block Party DFS strategy show that I know a lot of you guys regularly check out. JM's been very dialed in this year. So excited to do that show again this week. Although I actually think we might have a schedule change. I believe JM is traveling this week. Uh, in advance of Thanksgiving. So I'm going to have to figure some stuff out with that, but would very much appreciate you guys subscribing, liking the channel, and we can continue chugging along here. Um, did just want to look real quick at the Dog Bowl winner. Uh, two Gun here takes it down with a Dak Prescott to Brandon Cook stack. So Brandon Cooks ended up being a really nice play in this contest because Brandon Cooks, this was one of the last picks in the draft. In Brandon Cooks, even in the 12-person drafts, where 72 players are being taken versus only 36 in the Battle Royales, Brandon Cooks was probably getting drafted less than 20% of the time in those 12-person drafts. So this is just a really nice scroll-down play by Two-Gun here. You miss out on CeeDee Lamb. I think a lot of people are just stacking Dak with CeeDee Lamb coming back, but instead this allowed him to have Keenan Allen here 
who scored more than than CD. And then you scroll down for your correlation with the last pick. You also get George Kittle, uh, 19.1 points. Tyler Boyd, 15.7. Rashad White. Um, so really, this lineup, um, pretty standard other than instead of doing the chalk CD Dak stack, you go Keenan, then Dak, then backdoor stack. Uh, Dak Prescott and that ends up being the differentiator I think that's just also like a good note and this plays out in BBM drafts too right where we all fall into the comfy traps of like all right I'm going to take Justin Jefferson then TJ Hawkinson then Kirk Cousins but kind of flipping it sometimes and backing into a quarterback you like through another stacking direction can be a way to get unique here so shout out to two gun headed to uh to miami cognition did i see crutches in the in the discord saying cognition was autoing 150 of these um apparently if i had 150 lineups that i autoed i would have won too congratulations nonetheless to cognition here with a dak prescott cd lamb but then gets jameer gibbs in here along with tyler boyd noah brown and jake ferguson so this was the more traditional double stack with dak prescott and then edn3 here as well another dak prescott to brandon cook's team Najee one off you get a Ra in tank dell and trey mcbride so congratulations to our three finalists and poor copper prices can this guy just fucking catch a break i mean this guy was what can i do some math here less than one point away from a third Miami ticket. I, I don't even think, I think this is just the world conspiring to make sure that Copper doesn't get a third ticket because I just feel cop the levels of insufferability from Copper would be off the charts if this guy had three uh, drafts. I can already envision it now in Miami, having to escort him to each individual draft. I just, I can't, I can't deal with it. So I'm truly sorry, Copper, that you weren't able to get your third ticket. Yeah, everyone, everyone pour one out for Copper. This poor guy can't catch a break, having just a super rough year on underdog. Keep your chin up, Copper. You'll get there, man. Keep your chin up. Yeah, we all do, Phil. Feel really bad for him. Um, so yeah, this was uh my play this week on Dog Bowl, Goal Line Stand, Battle Royale. Um, don't have a ton of regrets, like I said, you know, making a very kind of um intentional strategic you know shift with how i'm attacking these this was not going to be a week that was going to be good to me um but again i think this is pretty illustrative of you know i get dusted in battle royale i make money in the goal line stand not because my takes or my teams were good but because that rake free element gives you so much cushion and then same with the dog bowl right um i get dusted there have no teams in contention but getting almost almost half of my money back because of that promotion so it's just a reminder even though the goal line stand didn't look like the sexiest tournament only three thousand up top but you look at this payout structure three thousand to first two thousand to second uh thousand to third eight hundred to fourth super smooth payout structure rake free um you don't have the the five figure the six figure prizes whatever um but really be contest um uh, choosy, I should say, when you are kind of allocating your bankroll in these, because it gives you such a wider moat for failure. It's like in drafts, right? When you take the cheaper player on a team, it gives you a wider moat for being wrong um, there. So continue to keep an eye out for that. We'll see what uh, Underdog hooks us up with this week as far as a rake-free contest, but I will definitely be uh, piling in wherever it's at.
Um, okay, we have uh, Robert. Please don't bring this up, Pete. You know the Metcalf bonus would have helped you cash. Here's the thing, though. If the Metcalf bonus, if there was a way for me to thread the needle where the Metcalf bonus helped me cash on DraftKings, but I couldn't have him eclipse Tyler Lockett uh, plus eight and a half in that pick him because that would have destroyed the 20X there. So I'm willing to sacrifice that. Um, Let's head over to do, 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 uh, Best Ball Mania here. Uh, pretty good week, I think, overall for my portfolio. Um, you know, Sam Howell and Trey McBride are two of my most drafted players at the onesies there. So that helps. And uh, yeah, my advance rate looking pretty good this morning. 31 teams advancing here out of 150, which gives me just over a 20% advance rate. Feel pretty good about that. Um, I did write, uh, I did a little uh, preview, or I shouldn't say preview, but a roundup of how the teams were doing in my newsletter the other day. Uh, I do have that pinned in there, the PO Box newsletter, weekly newsletter I do every Friday. Uh, sometimes I write about health and fitness. Sometimes I write about dad stuff. Sometimes I write about best ball, fantasy football. It's kind of a hodgepodge, whatever I'm feeling inspired about on a given week, but it drops in your inbox every Friday morning, completely free. I also do a roundup of the show. So if you ever like, hey, you have so much shit going on um, and you just want an in case you missed it, that uh, newsletter has a full roundup there. And then you can also get uh, a preview of the shows to come as well. So that's the PO Box newsletter. And in this past or two editions ago, I kind of reviewed the portfolio, looking at which stream types were doing the best. It is still funny to me that we have three uh, shows in a row from the marathon stream are all advancing the one with kitchen and Matic, the one with Denny and the one with Reeves here. Uh, the best place for me to kind of review my teams right now is on this BBM leaderboard from Patrick Donovan. If you scroll down in the show notes, I have a link to this also posted in the chat right now. This is a very helpful, uh, uh, resource for kind of reviewing your teams. I have three teams in the top uh, 10,000 right now. Uh, a couple of them I pulled up on screen before. Um, this one is one of those really early ones I drafted. Um, it's an interesting one in that it's a Dak Prescott a double stack with no CD lamb um, because this team has Tyreek Hill instead. But this is a fun team. The problem is it's running backs are Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs. Um, and it's Jover for Tony Pollard. I mean, it's just, it's done, done for Tony Pollard here. Uh, so I don't know about that, but still we got the Tua, the Tyreek Hill. Um, we got the Dak Prescott to Michael Gallup and Jake Ferguson, and then have some really nice one-offs in here. We got TJ Hawkinson. We got Christian Kirk. We got our double bucks here with no quarterback, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, Chuba Hubbard, who's coming on a bit. So this is like a solid team. This isn't one that like gets me super excited for the playoff push, um, but a solid team nonetheless. This other team is the one I talked about last week too that I drafted on the Swolecast. I believe this is maybe one of uh, only two total four tight end lineups. This was specifically a challenge on the Swolecast during some of those drafts we did this summer. We gave each other secret challenges. I got one to draft a team with four tight ends, which just, um, you know, for moral obligations, I didn't want to do. I'm a man of principles. I don't want to be drafting four tight ends out here, but I did. And lo and behold, this 
monstrosity of a team, three quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts, Tua, and Baker, four tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Taysom Hill, Trey McBride, Kate Otten, um, then Jonathan Taylor, Brian Robinson. I should check my Brian Robinson teams because he was a huge winner yesterday as far as elevating the portfolio. I believe he finishes the RB1 on the week. Eli Mitchell, Tank Bigsby, Yuck, Raheem Mostert, and then some pretty good wide receivers, Tyree Kill, New Hopkins, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Elijah Moore, and Zay Flowers. Um, and then this is the new team that I have in the top thousand. Um, I do not remember seeing this one last week. This is a three quarterback build Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love. Um, an interesting cohort of running backs, Derrick Henry, Rashad White, Jalen Warren, Roshan Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, Leonard Fournette. I think I had like two Leonard Fournette shares. So of course, uh, this team has a Leonard Fournette. Apparently I was feeling very high T this day, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, and then some good wide receivers, AJ Brown, Chris Olave, Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, Brandon Cooks, Rondell Moore, Tank Dell, this team now in 5,611th place. I'm curious how much Brian Robinson I have and how much those teams were bubbling up. Looks like I have a lot of Brian Robinson teams on the bubble, a lot here in third place, fourth place, fourth place. Um, so hopefully we can get uh, Brian Robinson going, but advancing six out of 16 of my Brian Robinson teams at 37.5%. Let's see my, uh, my Howell teams. Uh, Average, uh, advancing six of 22 Howell teams for a 27.3% advance rate. What am I at? Trey McBride. Advancing five of 17 uh, for 29.4% on Trey McBride. Let's do the not fun stuff. Let's what, What's my Quentin Johnston bags at? This is going to be bad. Quentin Johnston, four out of 26, 15.4%. That's somehow slightly better than I thought. Um, slightly better than I thought. It could have been worse. It, it could be much worse. What about JSN? The leaderboard. I have so much JSN that the server is having a hard time processing it. Yeah, there it is. Advancing only three of 30 JSN teams. That's gross. That's real gross. Um, all right, here. Uh, let's see. Uh, duh, 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 duh. Appreciate you again, Tyler. They don't call him Pick'em Pete for nothing. Tune in every week to Off and on the Clock for more alpha. Yeah, uh, another show I forgot to mention. Been doing this on Fridays with the Badge Bros. I do it immediately following the show with JM to win. And I, I have so much fun doing that show because it's like we have a whole week of talking about it, researching it. I'm coming off of, you know, doing the show with G JM, writing up my piece for Fantasy Life Hidden Gems. Feel like I come into that show pretty prepared and we just walk through the entire Battle Royale slate, all of the angles, and then we've been building those pickums there, feeling super dialed in. And uh, there was no John Warner this week to hold us back. So Nez and I could really cook uh, this week with no Warner there, the old ball and chain on uh, off and on the clock. I'm, of course, kidding. We will get you back here soon enough. Uh, we can check out a few other ways to look at my teams, thanks to Neil Farley over here in his apps he built for me. And basically the, the number one use case for this stuff, much to Neil's chagrin, is just for you guys to all get horny with these violin plots. So here you guys are. Let me move my let me move my uh, camera for you here. There you go. I'll go even smaller because I know what the real star of the show is. And it's these uh, these violin plots. It's like when people say, uh, 
you know, uh, this, the, the city of New York is like a character in the movie. I'm just a minor character. I'm no longer a protagonist. These box plots, these uh, incredibly provocative violin plots are the star of the show. I am, I'm merely a peripheral character now. Everyone look at the box plots. Still don't know what the fuck these mean, but it is intriguing. One of these days, Neil can fully explain to me what this box plot means. But if I can use this as a way to get the audience all riled up, I'm here for it. <laughs> God damn. Seems hairier than normal. You guys are, you guys are disgusting. You guys, what does this even mean? Need a booby bar graph in there? You guys are ridiculous. I don't like my histogram of places here. I feel like I've smoothed the way out. Um, having a better advance rate. I have some teams coming on. You know, speaking of like zero RB stuff too, um, pretty good zero RB day. We have Ty Chandler showing signs of life. I need to remember how much Ty Chandler I have. And then I actually need to get going here. Uh, look at this. I, I have 10 shares of Tyler Chandler, Ty Chandler. I'm in advancing zero of them. I see, all, yeah, the, what are the jokes on Twitter? It's like, yay, Ty Chandler scores. So now all of my, you know, 12th place Ty Chandler teams can move into ninth place. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. How much Devin Singletary do I have too? He was another crusher yesterday who I was, I have 13 shares of Singletary. He's giving me a 15.4% advance rate there. So we got some zero RB guys coming on a little bit here. Um, but again, shout out as always to both Patrick uh, Donovan here and Neil Farley for whipping up these resources for reviewing my best ball mania portfolio. Um, always fun to dig in and see how we're doing. Um, I also have a couple of fun teams in um, some of the smaller contests. So I know uh, our production team here, Phil and Nick and Lou, we did a, uh, a big dog team. We're in first place there. Thanks to Keenan Allen. I did a draft here with, uh, let's see, is this a team I did? I did a team with Michael Dubner that's uh, that's cashing right now here. Yeah, we're in first place. We got Daily Rojo eating our dust in second place. Eat it. Um, this is a pretty fun team we have going here. A Justin Herbert, Kenny Pickett squad, ETN, DeAndre Swift, Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Tyler Algier, Sean Tucker at running back, wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, George Pickens, Marvin Mims, Hyatt, and Robinson, and then three tight ends, Kyle Pitts, Hunter Henry, Trey McBride. That last pick of getting Trey McBride tacked on there, ending up being a big saving grace there. This team in first place um, in this Bulldog here. So, I, I'm feeling, feeling good about my portfolio. We did a Mastiff uh, draft uh, with some of the ship chasing guys that's currently advancing here. So always nice when these teams I didn't draft on stream are doing decent. My Rottweiler team uh, is in first place. So uh, yeah, I, I finally was able to hide from some of the badge bros, and some of you bum hunters uh, in some of these non-stream drafts and those are going well. Um, but I got to run going over to Sirius XM radio. I do that show for fantasy life Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Appreciate you guys all hanging out. Like I said, I'll be back in the discord later tonight. I'll share a pick them in the hand builders and opto bros channel, as well as resources for the showdown slate. And then you can catch us Tuesday on the club, uh, breaking down an early look at the week 11 NFL slate. Hope you guys all have a great rest of your Monday. I'll see you around. Peace.